Hey, welcome to the What Every Woman Wants podcast with me, Shelley Booth. In this podcast, I'm going to keep it real and bring you authentic interviews that every woman will want to hear. I can't wait to discuss things like business and finance, health and fitness, beauty, mindset, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the What Every Woman Wants podcast with me, Shelley Booth. Um, as you've maybe seen, I've returned from my travels in Thailand. Uh, what an adventure that was. I'm knee deep in the rescuing of two puppies. Would you believe that is uh, for another podcast and another episode? Today, I am interviewing a, a hugely successful uh, person in the Dundee area and surrounding impact Tayside area. Her name is Rosie Fraser. Hi Rosie, how are you doing? Uh, great to see you. Nobody else can see you, but I can. Um, a wonderful image sits before me, everybody. Uh, Rosie, how are you doing? I'm good, yeah. I'm excited that you've invited me on. And yeah. Yeah, I've been sitting thinking about it for the last hour and I put a wee thing up on Instagram saying that I was worried that I potentially am such a chronic oversharer. Um, <laughs> and even though I've got the self-awareness that I do it, uh, yeah, still still thing to do it. And yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me. I just reached out last minute, actually, and you've agreed to do that, which is it's amazing. The good thing about podcasting, in particular my podcast, I think is just really, really conversational. It really is just about two women getting together on a screen just to chat about life, business, how you make it work, and what women want to hear, which essentially is what this podcast is all about. So, Rosie, if I could just jump into you, a bit about you, where you're from, a bit about your family. And we'll kick it off from there. So, yeah, I, I was born in Dundee, grew up in St Mary's. Um, I went to Baldragon, which is, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, grew up, yeah, didn't have a great, didn't have a great early childhood. Didn't okay. have a time growing up. Um, yeah, quite a chaotic and unhappy upbringing. I've got... Now I have two girls of my, of my own. So I've got a seven-year-old called Elle and a Alice will be 20 months now. Wow. So, yeah, so quite, we joke. So my eldest one, they're totally different. Like they're, uh-huh. It's funny because the, the eldest one is all the bits where I would say she's quite like a, a tricky little individual. She's spirited, mm-hmm. I think is the is the, is the acceptable word for it. <laughs> so we always joke that it took me so long between the two. Yeah. Um, in, like my partner, he jokes that um, he says the eldest is a walking contraceptive. <laughs> he said if the first one, if the first one had been like the youngest, then um, she would make you. No, she's lovely, but she's she's um, yeah, spirited is maybe the word. So two girls of my own now, mm-hmm. and yeah, like I say, maybe childhood wasn't so great, pretty chaotic, fairly unhappy childhood, and then. I was listening to a podcast the other week and it was talking about adversity that you face and like the things that you go through in life and how the way that you look at adversity mm-hmm. is can be the difference between somebody like maybe finding their own success and and, and not and just how, how you view that. And I do, I definitely think that um, my childhood, although I would describe it as chaotic and quite unhappy, mm-hmm. is a lot to do with... Um, the reason that I feel my life is not just in business like I'm really like my business has been really successful this last year um but not even just my business life like my personal life in general just um okay brilliant we'll touch on that loads I think but the before we do that Rosie I just want to uh rewind a wee bit and just say to people I became aware of you as uh, an estate agent and everywhere I went and everywhere I go Rosie I see your face mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, wow, who is this? A while ago, I thought, who is this person? <laughs> you just told me before we come on air there that you you started your, on your own, in your own business about a year ago. And I'm like, it's got to be more than that. I'm thinking to myself, I've seen you everywhere, it seems, mm-hmm. for ages. Yeah. Um, so whatever you're doing, Rosie, you're doing really, really well. And I can see it. I can see you online. I can see you visually. I can see your presence and your reach. It's massive what you've done in such a short space of time. So you're talking about your childhood and adversity, which is one thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously used a lot of that to propel yourself to the point where you're, what, 28 now? I'm 28, yeah. 28, mm-hmm. working for yourself, and you've got this really successful business, which 
for me, I, I just absolutely love that. I want to talk about role models in a bit, but Rosie, for any young girl um, growing up, we need to see more people like you. We need to see. I think it is how you view it, though. Do you not think so? I think it's the things that you go through. Like you could either look back on it and say, oh, that was terrible. And that's why my life's going to be terrible going forward. Like I didn't have a great start. So that means that everything was set up to then be miserable. And there is, or I think you could look at it and say, well, that was what the cards that you've been dealt because often a lot of especially your childhood and things it's out with your control isn't it you don't have that control over it mm-hmm. and this is the lessons I've learned from that this is the way I don't want things to be um, and it, I think it does depend on the way you look at it and I am um, I got approached by I need to say somebody messaged me on LinkedIn the other day and I was reading it and he's asked if there's so there's the kids in in high school when they do their their exam timetables some of them, yeah, when they, when they do their exam timetables, the kids who aren't going in for their exams mm-hmm. in high school, they get their timetables filled up with like people go in and, and give, I don't know, I suppose motivational talks about other routes to success in life. And um, I do think that. I think that just because it, it very much depends on how you look at it and just because your early years haven't been I think if you if you then use that as like the victim culture, if you I don't, I don't know if that's very political correct, you mm-hmm. cut that out. I don't know if you're allowed to say that, but I think oh. it very much depends on the mindset. Like you either see yourself as a victim for that, or you see yourself as a survivor from that, and you take you take that that stuff on with you. Definitely. Um, just let me again backpedal a wee bit. Um, the first question I want to ask you, um, Rosie, is. You obviously work for yourself at the moment, but how how did this all come about, this um, estate agency? All all the stuff that I'm seeing, really, how did it all start for you? So I had a business before. So I... I was who's who's that? I was talking to somebody and they said like the best best business owners or the best self-employed people are people who are virtually unemployable because <laughs> you're kind of too too strong-minded to work for someone else. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know, maybe that is the reason why. But I had a business before. Mm-hmm. And I um, sold that business and bought a couple of buy-to-let properties from that. So I had I had two buy-to-lets and then... That business, Rosie, what was your first business? The first ones, I had a children's clothing shop. Oh, so okay. I had, yeah, I had like traditional children's clothing and I had an online um, website for children's clothing as well. So I had that right. mm-hmm. and then sold that business and bought the two buy-to-let. So it was had somewhat of an interest in property. Yeah. And then a friend of mine was was doing a state agency. And I, I, I think I maybe had about a year out or something. I think I had a year where I didn't, like I was just, had to buy to let. I told the business, I wasn't doing very much. Yeah. <laughs> and um, my friend was doing the state agency. And I thought, you know what, I've got an interest in property. I would quite like that. Give it a go. Um, yeah, just jump at the opportunity. And I found that it wasn't, the property that I had an interest in it was I'd like I like to fix things like I like to be a fixer mm-hmm. <laughs> if somebody comes to me with like a problem or I, I like straight away I'm thinking like, how can I fix this how can I make it better and often when people are selling their property which is like your biggest asset comes with like big things going on in your life doesn't it there's a lot of separations there's a lot of so a lot of people come to me and they're maybe having another baby and they want to get moved and it's stressful. Yeah. I like to be somebody who can help and fix things. And I like I like that part of my job. I like mm-hmm. being able to go in and somebody's up here and they feel totally overwhelmed by the jargon of it all. And, oh my gosh, what I do? And this is so stressful. And what equity am I going to have? And what am I going to be able to afford? And how long does it take? And it's, 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 it's a minefield. If you're, not, if you're not in that and the, all the jargon that comes along with it, and I like to be able to go in and bring them down to here. And by the time I leave... I'm, I'm making hand gestures to Rosie here. Um, just just on that, I'm going to just pick this apart as we go, if that's all right. Um, you were doing this for someone else in someone else's business. Is that right? Yeah, so I worked as an estate agent for, um, I think it was about 18 months. Okay. And I loved the job. Like I loved being able to, I loved that aspect of it, but I felt like I was maybe limited in what I could do. And then I had my second baby. And when I was off on maternity leave with her, I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. Um, I've always kind of had that mindset. Did you have a support partner along with you? Did you, so a security, so it's, it's a big step. I mean, I've done it myself. I was um, actually, I was lecturer and project officer at the Academy of Sport at Aberdeen University. Mm-hmm. And I took the leap of faith and left that 
as a single mum. It was 45k. It was a decent wage. It was no mm. weekend work. It was no night work, Rosie. So it was just, it, it suited me, but it was, it was glass ceiling. There was nowhere else to really go. Mm. I've got so much to give. So I opened a gym mm. at zero. I had no money. I got mm-hmm. a 10 loan but to take that leap of faith um as a single mum and all it's, it's a huge deal so mm-hmm. did you have security around you to to do that or did you just think do you know what there's there's not too much in terms of financial support or assistance I'm gonna do it anyway what was your situation I am definitely like a, I, I I like a risk <laughs> I, I, I do I like a calculated risk though um I like to weigh it all up and I do think it through but then I make a decision and I go with it yeah. and I go with the decision and either it works and that's fabulous or it doesn't work and you learn something from it and you think I won't make that same mistake again the next time I do it okay. um, would you would you say you're a risk taker Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah. The casino, I'm all in. Like, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm probably 50%. I put 50 on the table and cal- I'm all about a calculated risk. Um, yeah. So yeah, I had, I had that stability. Like I said, I had to buy to let so I knew that there was income coming from that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did. I had this, I was lucky in that sense as well. I had the support of my partner. Like I knew that the mortgage was going to get paid anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, um, but yeah, I, th- I thought, go for it. Like, I just, what I thought, though, was that um, just through my own networking things, I thought I would maybe pick up one to two properties a month. Yeah. I thought if I start off one to two properties a month, like, I really enjoy my job and take away doing that whilst my kids are young. And then it just really, really took off. So I, I aimed for one to two, thought maximum, maybe four properties a month. And then I think by month four, I had um, nearly 40 properties on. Oh. I know, I know. And I just think I completely underestimated. Last month, we, we listed um, over 70 properties. So I think that I, I really underestimated like, word of mouth. Yeah. It was bonkers. It was, it was crazy. Um, so can I, can I just ask, because for any young person listening to this, in terms of like where you're at at the moment in, in terms of the conversation, you had your own business in something completely different, a different sector. Mm-hmm. You then used the sale of that business to buy yourself two buy-to-lets. Mm-hmm. You then got interested in the property side of things because of your buy-to-lets. Did you mm-hmm. need to do a qualification? How does it all work? Did you need to do a qualification to work for an estate agent? Yes, yeah, so I'd done my qualifications through who I'd worked with previously. Okay. So I'd done, all, I'd done all my qualifications with them. And then when... What is a qualification, Rosie, if you don't... So I done property mark was the one that I done. So I done the property mark ones. Um, and so there's there was quite a lot involved. It was it was different when I worked for someone else. Um, so when I set up on my own, there was quite a lot that I had to set up. So like registering with um, doing your anti money laundering stuff, doing all the property redress, um, all that sort of stuff. So there was a lot more involved with setting up on my own from when I'd worked with somebody else previously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that I did. I did. I'm so glad that I did take that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Sounds the natural step for you was to do that. But you have to, I think probably you have to have a certain sort of personality and a, a, a certain energy about you to make that work. I'm thinking, Rosie, maybe right or wrongly, I'm thinking about like selling Sunset, like, you're not just turning up. At a- <laughs> I don't know. We sell a lot on Arkley Street, Shelley. I don't know if it's quite selling sunset. <laughs> we sell a lot of flats on Arkley Street, Sandman Street. <laughs> Looking crap, we're crap back, and, and you know, you, you you get what I'm saying. You've got Do you to. Know what be- my auntie was joking about. So we, the office that we've got, the one that we just went into, it's uh, it was Rough and Fraser's previously, and she says, "Oh, it's gone from being Rough and Fraser's to Rougher Fraser's." <laughs> <laughs> well, that was quite good. <laughs> ready. Um, so, and to, like just talking about the sale and sunset stuff, I love that. My wee lad loves that. You I've never watched it. You've never watched it. I've never watched it. I have yeah. never watched it. But do you want to hear something hilarious? My, my, <laughs> like we all thought this was excellent. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is probably the thing I was talking about earlier, the oversharing. Like it sounds like it's really funny, but do I want the world to know? But it's, it's a good one. So we <laughs> we had the courier got in touch when I I think it was maybe tail end last year, like October time last year. And um the courier got in touch with me and said they were going to do an article on how we'd we'd come out and we'd taken like such a big chunk of Dundee's market share in the property. Um okay. 
so he, he, this guy Rob from the Courier got in touch, lovely man, and he said, um, "We'll do a photo shoot and we'll, we'll write this article about your success." And I was like, "Oh, great! This is really good publicity." And so we had a team meeting at work, and I said to the girls, "Oh, this is really exciting! We're gonna, we're going to." Um, get this photo shoot done so I obviously I must employ like-minded crazies like me because we all sat at a team meeting and we came up with an idea so the girls they've I've never watched Down Sunset but they've watched it and uh-huh. it just so happens that my team mine and Stephen he's the only guy I've got on my team it's all women and it's people that I've known yeah. through like other walks of life so they're they're um so they said to me, we said, you know what would be a good idea is if we we should all wear ball gowns we thought we should go right <laughs> <laughs> we should try and make it look like selling sunset right? we should all wear ball guns so we had this serious like hour-long team meeting we said we'll coordinate the colors we'll all wear ball guns like this is such a great idea so I then phoned Rob I got home and I phoned Rob and I said Rob got this idea I said we're gonna um we're gonna all wear ball guns and we're, we're gonna make it like selling sunset and he's like um he said, who's, who? I said, because people say we're like selling sunset. And he said, who says that? And I was like, well, us. <laughs> He's like, really, yeah. like, yeah, I have never heard anybody say that about you. <laughs> he said, I think it might look quite bizarre if there's an article about an estate agent that you're all there in ball games. He's like, I don't get it. <laughs> to go back to the team and say that Rob didn't think that was such a good idea and that we should all go yes, in our formal business wear <laughs> Rob he's probably listening to this I know so yeah so that's the whole sale and sunset thing and I think really works for me I, I absolutely love that stuff but in terms of you've just talked about team there but so you've got a team already yeah so there's 13 of us what yeah yeah there's 13 of my team Bless you, Bindi Wee, but you, you started on your own last January, you told me. Last January, and there's 13 of us, so it's... So who are these people? Like, what do they do? What What's their roles? What happens? So a lot of it's still me. Like, a lot of it is still me. And I, I've i kind of got to the point where I delegate all the bits that I don't like, and I could do the bits that I do. It's just like when the problems happen and the meeting people and the going out and having a look at... So I've got... There is... Amy so she is um, like business coordinator she does okay. a bit of everything she's wonderful I've got Emma and Laura who are two of my estate agents also but well, they're all wonderful Emma and Laura who are my estate agents I then have there's Lucy in the office so Lucy works just she's based full-time in the office I've got Lisa, who also does admin stuff. I feel like I feel like I need to say it. I can just clear it up. They're all wonderful. I said the ones at the start, but uh, so Lisa <laughs> in the office. I've then got Ashley, Dawn. I've got another Dawn, Gail, Lorraine. Oh my God, mm-hmm. Wait a minute. So you started. So what's that? Giant pair margin. Eighteen months. Eighteen months. Right. Okay. My maths are terrible. You see me counting on my hands here. Mm-hmm. Um. You've got a team of 13. Did you recruit these people yourself? How did you go about finding a team so quickly? And mm-hmm. a massive team to have. I'm actually I'm about 14 now as well, but I'm four, four years in, four and a half years in. How did you find these people and how did you recruit them and, and find the positions? Did you did you create the demand first and then think, right, I need somebody for this and I need somebody for that? Or did you have the plan and then you found the people before the work came in? How did yeah. it work? It's been like we're just in the middle of recruiting two more just now. So I just put adverts out last week and um um like the growth has just been crazy. Like it's been so like just think from starting at two properties a month to a year later we're listing 70. Like we had it at one point, I'm sure we were up to over 30% of Dundee's overall property. Like it was massive. Yeah, way bigger than I ever, ever could have hoped for. Right. Here's my question to you. If there's one answer for this, why is that? I, our service. Your De- service. Our service. How, would, how do you set yourself apart? It's definitely like the the industry that I'm in was really lacking in service. Um, like compared to anything else, like it was just the level of service that clients were getting was so poor that 
I do I do think our service is really good. It, it is, it's exceptional. <laughs> but I think that even if we were to have come in and done the bare minimum, it was still all the way up here, which made, for me, there was such a huge opportunity to open that up and provide really good service. And I also don't think that I would have been as successful anywhere else but Dundee. Like, I just think the people of Dundee, I love Dundee. Like, I, I was born here. Are you, were you born here, Shelley? Yeah, I was too. Yeah, yeah I, I really love Dundee. Like I, I think it's the people are so warm and friendly, and they genuinely want to see others do well. And it's all been just word of mouth. Fantastic. I th- honestly, I, th- I love hearing stories like this. I just love it, and I'm so glad we've had this conversation because I think there'll, there'll be other areas that we can potentially work together on. I've got a keen eye for property myself. Mm-hmm. Having business I've, I've got the opportunity to buy and, and maybe buy to let and various things I've, I've got a few just now but definitely scope there for to work with you longer term Rosie uh, for sure um if there was somebody for example thinking right okay this is this is something I would quite like to do there's quite a lot of people with a property like the, the, the rent out yeah. and they wanted to do this Rosie you not in the Dundee area to, to compete with you because all my clients are all over the place, literally all over the world. What mm. would you say? Like, what would be your advice to say a woman that's you know thirty five, been in a job, wants to change, fancies a change, and she wants to do something like this? And initially, is it is it really really hard to get started? Do you need to be in that job first? It was hard to get started, and um, like when. Do you know what I think it is? I think you have to not be scared to push yourself out there, to put yourself out there. I think a lot of what holds you back is um, worrying about what other people think. Yes, definitely. It, is. it holds so many people back. And what I think would you, what, would be, what, what would your advice be for people? You know what I say to all my team, I say it to them all the time. I say, like, go think about the most embarrassing, like I'm trying to say so it doesn't sound nasty but I remember that I had people on Facebook and they have these sort of like the, you know, like the MLM things mm-hmm. and they post out videos and even if I think like that's not personally my thing like it's not something I really but each to their own 100 and that is generally my thought process I would see it I think not particularly interested scroll past it mm-hmm. that would be it and then I would continue on with my day mm-hmm. and I say to them like how what would you think if you've seen somebody else's video and you thought oh god that's a bit that's a bit oh is that a bit embarrassing or oh would you really think nobody cares about you as much as you care about yourself it's true like nobody else is that interested or that invested in what you're doing about and if they do have a negative thought about something that you've done it's in their head for 30 seconds it's gone and off they got on with more important things in their day mm-hmm. so no I just think having that mindset pushing yourself out there and I think in this industry that I don't know I, like the word of mouth thing for me has been massive like providing great service and then yeah people are so keen to see others do well in Dundee I feel good good stuff Rosie a question that I've got for you is your business obviously you're everywhere in terms of online presence how much does online build and grow and and, and make your business successful or not it's huge massive absolutely massive if you think about it people used to especially property like people used to buy your houses off with a handout in the paper mm-hmm. like you would buy a newspaper the handout in the newspaper would that would be like your property guide you would look nobody buys the paper anymore people don't buy the newspaper like news certainly our generation are like yeah people don't other than nobody buys print anymore it's a dying industry everything has moved digital and um yeah like moving online for us and having that approach towards a state agency is is massive it's it's such a huge platform and in any business um it needs to be utilized the reach is incredible isn't it I remember one of the things that I battled with I suppose Rosie when I first started is I didn't even know how to get online I, I had like Honest to God, I had zero knowledge. I was on Facebook and I didn't even know Instagram, to be honest. So somebody says to me many times, actually, why don't you get online? And I had my gym training, sleep, repeating Dundee after coming out of uh, uh, lecturing. And I thought, Mm -hmm. "Um, no, that's not really for me. I'm not techie savvy. I haven't got a clue what to do. I must have been playing around in my mind and I thought, I'll try it. So I tried it with 15 clients that I knew in Dundee, Mm -hmm. went online. And it was absolutely amazing. And the one thing that I battled with, though, Rosie, in the early days was the, the the online presence and showing up online and your story. Just what well, you've got to talk about your story and you've got to be like 
totally authentic and real and you can be real. What You can just say what you want. I, I couldn't get my head around all of that. Mm-hmm. And when it did, it changed everything. Mm-hmm. In the, you've maybe seen it. I'm now in the process now of, of launching a, a business franchise. Feel It Be is now a franchise from Wednesday night and a, a, an online business coach. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mentoring people how to take a business online. Mm-hmm. And it's totally possible. Mm-hmm. And I don't like sharing with my listeners like, and yourself, I like if you're online and you're visible and you're present and your your messaging is is clear and people mm-hmm. get it. I turned off forty five k a year. I was on as Rosie. Mm-hmm. There was there was months I was turning over eighty k in forty eight hours, one hundred and forty five k in a month, mm-hmm. and it was just because it was online. The reach is unbelievable, and and people don't believe you. They're like, no, kind of, you kind of. You're done deal, Lassie. That's that's not happening. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely can mm-hmm. if you're prepared to, like you say, take yourself out of your comfort zone. And, and so- it's, it's you're right, it's taking yourself out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. And we could all be scared. And if we we'll sit back and be scared and let fear take over, then we'd never really get anywhere, would we? You wouldn't have your business, I don't think. I certainly wouldn't have mine. Um, what about the... See, I don't know if you've seen my stories today, but I was messing about and I had a message to say and I, and I used a filter because I was literally just out of my bed but I was trying to get a message across and I you sometimes get a lot of shit for that hey, somebody somebody actually contacted me and says I'm just telling you that because you're using filters I'm going to stop following you and I says that's really good that you're, you you can reach out and tell me that and mm-hmm. you're more than entitled to do that but some people take really whether you use filters whether you don't how you actually present I don't, I don't think but then I suppose you are in like the like your industry is about appearances more than mine so maybe that's why your audience feels like strongly about that thankfully yeah. mine don't because I think everything I've ever put out on social media has a filter on it <laughs> just um I think if it makes you feel more comfortable it does I still I still feel it now I do it and the more I do it the less I care definitely the more I do it the less I care and like what you say when you're when your business is successful and you could see that it is benefiting your business then I'm like do you know what if there's a couple of people who are cringed out by what I'm doing unfollow it like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah and it does it is benefiting my business but um I've got two young kids and I'm like under constant time constraint and if a filter makes me feel comfortable enough to post something out there that's benefiting my business I don't really see I think it tells you now if you've used a filter so we know that that's not reality it's not as if we're comparing ourselves in the morning to people's filtered ones we know that that's not reality but yeah I'm taking it as a compliment because people say why the filter and I'm sometimes I'm not using the filter I love it Filter on there, yes. (laughs) The skincare regime's working. Um, Right, nice one, Rosie. That's great. So, another few questions. What has been your biggest failure since you started on your own? Or failure sounds negative. I don't think failure is negative at all. By the way, failure's great. I've learned more from failures than I have anything else, and succeeded more because of them. But what's been your biggest barrier or obstacle or hurdle in this business like what I'm doing now yeah, right now yeah do you know what's really surprised me is the industry that I'm in has been incredibly vicious and competitive and I wasn't prepared for that mm-hmm. um, like when I set up on my own I wanted to do three like three four properties a month I'd, I would have been happy like I would have done three or four a month it would have been just me and um, that was kind of what my aim was and I started up and gave it 110% every property. Then it was word of mouth. People were saying, oh, Rosie, don't mind. She does such a great job. And I'd go to somebody and they'd say, oh, you sold my cousin's house. And she said that you've done a great job. So come to you. And then it'd be like, oh, you sold my friend's house. or you sold this person's house. And it's all just been word of mouth. Mm-hmm. But because I only was focused on doing like three, three a month, I've genuinely never been worried about what other people do like I'm very much focus on your own grass and I think take inspiration from others like that's great look at yeah you have to like be aware of what other people around you are doing and certainly as the business is growing and I and I have the salary of like my staff and my team and our premises and all that comes comes with the growth um but I've always been very much just focus on your own grass and water it, take inspiration. But um, I've been really surprised by, I had women as well, and I'm very much like a, a girl's girl. I always have been like all my circle of friends, I've got a great circle of female friends, like 
the mums at the school gate. Like I, I just generally, I, I like women's company. Like that's who I would choose to spend my time with every time. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a, I had a woman um, who went out. Or just it's 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 been pretty relentless, if I'm honest. Um, I had I had went out to evaluation. And I had I'd gone out to evaluation and went out, done my best, told them all about what we offer and what we do for our clients and said, of course, read our reviews and just talked about what we do. And that's what I do. I go out, talk about what I do, and then I leave. Yeah. And the lady phoned me and she said, Hi Rosie. She said, Yeah, I would really like to go ahead with you. She says, just to let you know, she said, I had um three estate agents come out she said so I had two others come out and she said one of the people she says I didn't know whether to tell you or not she says but I thought if it was me I would like to know she said one of them had said the most horrendous things about you but um this was like a competitor had gone out and said all these terrible things and that's been really really difficult to deal with um I think because we've come in and we've taken over such a huge chunk mm-hmm. um if that was me, if like if somebody new came on the block and took over a huge bit of my business, I would think, right, okay, what are they? Because you would be, like you would be, you've got these overheads and businesses and I understand there's, but yeah. I would think, what are they doing that I could do better? Mm-hmm. Um, where, where is it that we are losing them from? What are we not doing? What could we be doing better? I certainly wouldn't go out to attack um, the other business and there has been countless. Really? Oh, it's been bad, really, really bad. I think sometimes it could be a bit like that uh, rosy dog eat dog. I mean, I've had, have you had it? Issues um, with various people that have worked for me and things, and without taking it down a road. But um, yeah, I, t- I think you've either got morals or you don't. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. You have got respect or you don't, and there's lines that you you don't cross. And I have never, I never would, never even would dream of it try and steal someone else's business contact somebody else that's I just that is not my style but I know it's quite a lot of people's style certainly that I've I've seen and witnessed and had in my circle and I always say now is I'm really really good at this now just keep the people that are around you keep it really really tight and stay focused on the people that actually do want to celebrate your success and the mm-hmm. rest are completely irrelevant however when it does cross the line of you know that professionalism and you they're talking about you to your clients and things, that that's 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 a no. And it's the legal team behind us now. Um mm-hmm. same for yourself. Well protected now. And should anything arise, we'll have to make an example of that. I, mm-hmm. I believe. And I'm I'm sure you are. I'm sure you're you're going through the, the necessary channels for that. But yeah, Rosie, I don't think you need to to worry at all about what you're doing. The numbers speak for themselves. I'm talking to you now. I get a really nice feel from you. I think if I was to be looking at other things, I would definitely be coming to speak to you to see what what service you could provide for me. My clients will hear this, and I have no doubt you'll be getting phone calls. Um, Yeah, they'll say what they want to say. Green eyes and all that, eh? It's um, yeah. Though that has been that has been the biggest challenge that hundred percent in the past. um, 18 months from starting I think also because the business is called my name and like when I started up I thought three properties a month I didn't ever think but when it's called your name it feels so much more personal doesn't it if somebody something says something it feels like an attack on you as a person not um yeah nobody else will get that like people in your team are a stage removed from it Mm -hmm. but it it falls back to you and there's been times a few years ago when I'd lie in my bed and it'd be a really churned up about it you know and you'd be thinking oh oh my god why how but yeah you have to kind of remove yourself from it don't you Mm -hmm. and take a step back so you're protected or else it would drive you nuts you wouldn't go into business if you if you let it take over no I think so so that's the biggest challenge what about the biggest success um there's been a lot of them but what's what's the yeah what's your biggest success I feel like where I'm even just the last four weeks have been big for me. So I've recently gone into um, into a partnership. So I sold I sold off like a percentage of shares in my business. And yeah, I think success is such like a an interesting word. Like it means something different to everybody, doesn't it? And yeah. I think often what has been my biggest success business wise or work wise. It's strange. Like, I feel like some of my highest points business-wise have maybe been where I've been struggling the most personally. Okay. Um, 
and vice versa when I've maybe been happiest personally is maybe been where businesses struggled or or like a personal life and it, I think it's really really difficult to get that balance especially as a woman in business and a mum and I know that we talk about where we're maybe getting closer to um equality and things being fairer but certainly for for me like I, a lot of um stuff with the kids and like the admin of running a household and run ch- young children um but I feel falls on my shoulders so I feel like the last four weeks I'm getting closer to what I feel is an overall success and to me success can mean how how well your business is doing what your turnover is or to me is somewhere in the middle it's somewhere where my business is doing really well I'm proud of what I'm putting out there in the world in terms of the work that I do but also my my home life's happy my, my kids are happy I'm some sort of balance so I, I sold out a percentage of my shares in my company and um, so I've just completed on that deal at the start of April really pleased with them um, with like with that decision I'm really pleased with who I've gone into business with really pleased with the deal that I secured mm-hmm. really excited for the future business wise and um feeling like I'm, 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 I'm certainly not there I don't know if any, is anybody there has anybody got the balance spot on <laughs> sure, sure but say I certainly agree with you in terms of the balance um something mm-hmm. that worked very very hard I had to do a lot of work on myself as well Rosie to to get myself to a point where I was ready to even feel ready to even ready to be my, my business is called feel look be but I was I had to be that for myself and mm-hmm. that's taking time so I totally get where you're where you're at what do you think your tips are for getting the balance for you? Getting the balance for me, it's, um, well, personal growth for me was massive. Um, doing the, the the mindset work required to take yourself from a, a place where I never had internal peace in my head, in my heart, soulfully. I didn't have that. And I had to try and, one, realise that I didn't have it. That took me thir- to the age of 38, 44 now. Um, mm-hmm. And then once you do register that you, you, you're not actually where you want to be, what are you prepared to do to get there? So it's it's the mindset work. It's the, you, you, you completely are what you eat. You eat crap. You feel like crap. It's, mm-hmm. it's research-backed and science-proven. It's, mm-hmm. it's a real thing. Um in terms of movement, I have to move, I have to train. So there's loads of things that I need to do. But I, I totally believe what you've just said there is, is a, true and accurate for me too. The balance is really important and more than anything, more than the, the money, the, 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 the profit, the, that doesn't matter. What it doesn't matter? Like that's not, I've had so many people say to me, oh, Rosie, like, wow, you're doing so well. And like your business has really exploded this last year. There was mm-hmm. honestly a point at, the, I think about, Christmas time last year I was working till two o'clock every morning every morning two o'clock in the morning and then I would so my partner like I've got my kids with he works away for long trips at a time so he's away for like eight to twelve weeks at a time so very little um I don't have family here for support I've got great friends but it's different they've all got their own lives and young kids and um it's different. So I was working till two o'clock every morning and then I would get up at six to go and do the school run, like to get ready to get up and ready with the kids for the school run. And people were shouting at me, like, like shouting from the roof, all my friends, like, wow, you're doing amazing. This is great. I can't believe how much your business is growing and seeing your article in the paper. And isn't this fantastic? And I'm like, is this success? Like, this doesn't feel successful, Shelley. Like, I am absolutely knackered. <laughs> All yeah. I do is work. I don't see my friends. When I am seeing my friends, I'm not present. When I am with my kids, I'm not present. Like, I'm yeah. like, this This doesn't feel like, this is success, then count me out, please. <laughs> so yeah. I think that it was after Christmas and I thought, like, I really need to think what is going to make me happy. And I feel like I've got there even just in the last four weeks. Good. Um, does your partner still work away? Do you still have the running of, of the house, even though you've got your your business to where it's at now? You still you still in the same situation? No, I'm not. I'm not, and I think that that's important as well. Like I think that when we're talking about using filters on Instagram, I think that it's important not to filter your life. And I think that like when you put so much of what I do, like with work as well, you put so much of your life out there and it's it's not realistic. You cannot do it all. You're one person at the end of the day. You're one person. You need to be disciplined. How you, how you break up that time? But I, I'm one human being. I have not done a load of washing in two years, Shelley. 
I, I have not lifted a hoover in two years. <laughs> like, I, do you know what? I might be doing well in my business. I'd like to give a decent mum. I am absolutely not a domestic goddess. You can count me out with that one. <laughs> so, so got- I, yeah, I've got help. So I've got Lisa um, who comes and she she um, looks after the kids. Yeah. Why would you not though? Yeah, so she when I'm working during the week. So only on the weeks that James is away. So the weeks that James is away, she comes to me and she helps just like generally running mm-hmm. the house and um all the rest of it. But no, you you can't you can't do it all. Yeah. Do you think it's getting better for women, Rosie? No. I think it's getting worse. I think social media is making it worse. I think that the pressure to have it all is like and I think that the more they say women now have equal opportunities to men it it makes well I don't for me anyway it makes you feel like you you can achieve these things but I still think I I think that you women now want to have the the career don't they like we want to be as successful some of them yeah some of them you want to have the Instagram house you want to have like the Mrs Hinge house you want to be have a banging body like Shelly do you want to Uh, yeah you want your skin to look like you have a filter on when you don't you want your kids to look immaculate it's it's I think that the it's it's just being told that you can you can do it all the same as men isn't good enough you need to have the support in there as well which means taken away from the the rest of it like the mental load still typically falls on women yeah I actually feel since COVID that it's gone back and Mm -hmm. I tried to articulate this in my own way to my own clients I do feel like it's gone back a bit for women and because I work with women I I really feel it I feel it strong and I think it's it's always going to be a battle for us to try and you know have a level playing field but I I do feel like since Covid it's it's particularly hard Mm -hmm. Um, and women are having to dig even deeper than they even were and also because we've what industries are competitive women could be just as bad to uh, holding other women back you've just touched on it before there women could be really really pretty shitty to each other so Mm -hmm. you're not up against it in terms of what you've got to do before you even get out the door actually you could be up workplace and it's, it's sometimes not the guys that are you know making life hard for you sometimes the women and and that's a real thing and I know it is because I've, I've worked in it I've worked in local authority for years my background's education I've sat in staff rooms that are crowded with women I get it mm-hmm. at the time it's women women pull women back I think that when you asked me it was more diff- most difficult I think that one stuck out to me because it was from a woman like my industry is mostly male dominated like it's mostly uh, or like but yeah, it's mostly male dominated. And there has been, like, when I said that that's been the hardest thing I've dealt with this last, it has been relentless. It's been horrendous and relentless. Um, and most of it has been from men. Most of it's definitely been from men. Yeah. But that one stuck out to me because it was from a woman. And I, I, I don't, yeah, like I, in my own circle and in my own groups, and when I talk about how much my business has grown word of mouth, it has all been women. Like, I feel massively supported by women around me like my friends and I've got a great circle of, of like women around me and, yeah. and my team at work like I say it's all women super supportive like there's just none of that mm-hmm. um, and like the wider people have done these as a, a yeah. lot of it is, is women really feel they have got my back which I think probably why is that one stuck out to me mm-hmm. as being particularly hurtful because it had come from another woman and I just think why like why would you want to drag someone down like that because you're successful and that's it and it comes with the territory when and then it's you know I talk about it a lot when you're when you're creating your own path and you're not following anybody else's path Rosie you're creating service and significance for your clients you're creating a better service you're bringing your own self to the table people don't like that I've had it as well people don't like when you're creating changes you're seen you're outcast until the point when you're actually revered and you're put on a pedestal for actually the good work that you're doing because it's that's a known fact and that's what's starting to happen and people don't like that and people will never like that but you can't let that get to you and I'm, I'm sure you, you know it's, it's a battle it's hard but at the same time you can't you're, you're too busy doing good stuff in the world so you just keep doing what you're doing do you have a good thing to think of it so I genuinely do not have that mindset I don't have it and I never that's why it's come as such a shock I really honestly don't have it like I I could look at people and I'd 
take inspiration from it. Like if somebody has something, I could look at it and think, well, like that, I wish I had that. And I think that's a normal human feeling that you, like you do. I think it's the way that you channel it. And my brain just doesn't go that way. I don't think like, oh, I want that. So I, I, I would just think, what could I do to try and get that? Or what ways could I try and take inspiration from that? I do find that that mindset, but yeah, maybe. The customer voted with their feet and uh, was able to get for what it was. Because if not, that says a lot about people, doesn't it? So that aside, talking about, you know, people that influence you, have you got any role models that you look up to? Anybody you think, wow, yeah, that, that thing there, I would like to achieve, I would like to try and strive towards. Is there any females, let's say, in, in, in the world that, you know, influence you in a positive way? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that that is one of my strong points. I think that I often take inspiration from things around me so I think I'm always kind of looking and interested I I generally in life interested in life (laughs) like whenever I'm out doing things I'm always taking inspiration from things so yeah I think I don't have I don't have somebody I think of in particular I think that that's something I really aspire to do or be like but I think in everyday life like my friends the people around me I could look at what they're doing and think oh I wish like I like that they're doing that and I want to incorporate a little bit more of that into my life and friends that have maybe started on fitness journeys and done really well or friends that have like some of my friends that are great mums and things that they do with their kids and recipes that they're they're all batch cooking for their kids and I think oh, I'd like a little bit of inspiration feed my kids a bit less McDonald's and take some inspiration from that but no I don't I don't think so I don't I don't think there's anybody that's standing out but certainly just from the people around me Mm-hmm. Okay, and as a youngster, uh, I'm trying to get into this, this this chat about a role model because I think it's hugely important that we 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 me and you are role models for the young people that are around us. They're constantly watching and constantly learning and constantly taking it in. And from the sounds of it, your background you could have done with a, a good role model in your life when you were wee as well when you were uh, young. Um, did you have a, a young, or did you have a role model when you were young? As I always say to my auntie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always say to so my auntie works with me now, um, but I always say to her that she was when I was younger. I remember my auntie was like super glam, like she's still super glam, but she's just. Um, I remember when I'd go around to her house and she used to have this um, fridge in her kitchen that was just for her nail polishes. And she used to let me go into her fridge and pick a nail polish and she'd paint my nail. And we're, re- we're really close now. And obviously mm-hmm. she works with me. But I do always say that I think that she had a big influence on the way that I am now and somebody that I always looked up to and wanted to, wanted to be like when I was grown up. And yeah, we, we are awful close now as well. Good. Where does the drive and the the work ethic come from then if there was there was I think maybe a lack of that I don't know forgive me if I'm wrong but where does that come from in you definitely comes from like the adversity that I faced like I really truly believe that I liked definitely not all the time maybe ask ask the people I work with and they'll say "Mm." but I like to think I'm positive I do and I like to I really I don't know whether I would, I really don't know if I'd change it. I don't know if it, it was, I had a, like I say, really not a great start, quite an unhappy childhood. Um, me and all my siblings have been completely no contact with my mum for uh, nearly 20 years. So it's been okay. a long time. Um, I see me and my siblings, I am not the problem. It was, <laughs> it was all of us. The problem clearly lies there. Um, but yes, I think that that... Who were you brought up with? So I... I moved so that's so I lived at home with my mom and my dad and then they separated and then it was just extremely chaotic from that point on I think when I was 13 I my sister would have been 21 and I moved in with her and then my dad he worked um offshore so when he was home I would go to my dad's and then I would go to my grand's and I would go to my aunties and back to my sister and it was just chaos like completely chaos it was really unhappy and it was horrible it was a really horrible period of my life and yeah. but I do look back on it now and would I change it I, I really love my life like I really really love my life I love my family I love my kids I love my friends like I love my job <laughs> it's not always great like it's not it's certainly far from perfect but really like my life and do I think it would be the same if I hadn't have had that no um I sometimes worry that with I don't know I don't think any parent I know you've, you're, you've got is it a little boy you've got 
Yeah, yeah, he's 12, Leo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any parent feels like they're getting it right. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly don't, but I do worry that I go maybe too much the other way because I think that that adversity that I faced and that kind of chaos and I, I, I've always been really independent like I kind of knew from a young age like I thought if it's it is it is up to you like you're in charge of your own life like you have got that control and I remember just thinking I can't wait to be an adult and be in control of my life because I think because I was unhappy with how it was Mm -hmm. and as a child you're not in control of it like the the adults around your parents are the ones who control your life like you don't have your own money you very much is down to where you live and I remember thinking I can't wait till I'm an adult and I could change this Mm -hmm. and I can make my life the way that I want it to be and I've always felt that sense of, um, con- like, yeah, like I've always felt strongly that you are the one that's in control of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I would be that way had I have not had that adversity early on. And I do wonder with my kids, I wonder if it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see because you know what it's like, you don't you don't want your children to have any problems, do you? Like you want to, I'm a fixer, like I like to fix things. <laughs> if there's a problem going on, I'm like, all right, what could I do to make it better? And what could we do to fix it? And you want to make your kid's life as easy as possible for them. That's Absolutely. what you try and do. And I wonder if, if somebody else is trying to fix things for you all the time, you don't have that sense of responsibility and that, that feeling that you're in control accountability for your life and I've always been like was up nobody was going to make mine yeah like I I, I do believe it you should have your you are accountable for how your life turns out Mm -hmm. and um, I'm not I'm not doing that Molly May thing where she says everybody's got the same 24 hours we don't but (laughs) within your capability everybody has got some sense of accountability for how your life the course of it how it how it plays out yeah Um, yeah I, I love I love the fact that you're in control of it and you can you can make your life it's one of the things Rosie that I love about this story is what you've shared in this sort of half an hour is you know coming from adversity to the point when you well how old were you when you had your first ch- uh, child uh, 21 so 21 and to the point that you're 28 now and you've got a hugely successful business and a team of 13 people and you've sold out about your business and things are, are really looking good and you're you're reaching that equilibrium that balance that you, you talk about I think that's amazing I think it's absolutely amazing for anybody any woman any man actually out there who's thinking about maybe potentially starting a business not really sure taking a step taking a leap of faith if you've got something to offer the world and it's your own authentic, unique way and the world needs it, I think people need to do it. Where do you think yours came from? Like oh, your passion and drive? Oh, my passion and my story as well, Rosie. My story, I'll well, not keep you too long, but um, I was brought up in uh, an area in Dundee called Whitfield and it was a, a scheme. Mm-hmm. And my dad was a heavy drinker and... My mum, you know, had you know a stressful life with it all, and and the things you see and the things you feel, and without going too much into this, um, I knew that my life was going to be different because I was going to make it different, and we had nothing on the poverty line, nothing. Mm-hmm. So um, when I left school at seventeen, I actually got an offer at Northumbria University to study sport and exercise science. So I went away down there and I just started the life. My mum and dad took me down and my dad couldn't wait to see the back of me. My mum was me and my mum were so close. Um and I was I was heartbroken. I was bereft. I was every night I used to think my heart's breaking because I miss my mum that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got on with it and um, got a good degree and, and start of my life but I knew my life was going to be different because I could not be in that I couldn't live a life like that on the poverty line um, wondering what was going to happen I had like you to take control of my own life Mm -hmm. and obviously I have and like you I'm trying to create a better life for Leo Mm -hmm. but um, I think it's adversity I think you're right I think you can either be have a great setup or you can have a setup where you know you have to fix it for yourself to, to things better and I think we're on the same page there so it's great to hear I love it I absolutely love it it's interesting to hear where um yeah what people feel their their driver is yeah definitely is there anything that you would like to ask me in particular Rosie I always ask that just in case there is I'm firing questions at you what are your what is your plans then for your business next we've got to go on to that for you too but my my plans next uh Rosie are my I've just 
on Wednesday coming, the 26th of April, launching a, a Feel It Be business franchise. So people anywhere in the world could have their own Feel It Be business, which is massive for me, you know, mm -hmm. to, to clients like locally to, to this global movement that it is now. It's, mm -hmm. How did that even happen? But it's happened and it is happening. And so there's that option or there's the option for me to mentor people to get a, a, their business online as well. Online's where it's happening. You see mm -hmm. the, the reach, the exposure, the the, the the where you can actually take your your life and in, in your world and in the, in the world of other people. It's, it's online. Locally, yeah. it's it could be quite contrived. It's controlled. It could be bitchy. It could be negative. It's, it's like it's glass ceiling. There's only so big you can grow locally, I think, in terms of uh, reach. Mm -hmm. But take it online and be visible online, I think it opens up so many doors. And it's changed my life, certainly, and that it could change so many people's lives if they're prepared to take that step. Um, so that's where I'm taking it. Um, but same question to you. What is next for you? Mm -hmm. So I'm really, really excited about my partnership um, and just feeling really really positive about it I think it's going to allow me to have that balance to I think that it's important that you recognize not only well the baby's just woken up if you're in the background <laughs> James at the same time I think it's important that you recognize not only like what your strengths are but also what your weaknesses are like mm -hmm. we can can all be good at everything and I think running a business especially when you're scaling up mm -hmm. it requires an element of you doing everything and um, so I think I'm hoping that I've got to the point now where we've grown really quickly and I'm now taking a step back and I thought right what am I good at and what am I not good at and the things that I'm not good at how can I then delegate these to give me the time to focus on the bits that I'm good at um, so yeah going into partnerships definitely um, going to allow me to do more of the bit that I'm good at and be able to get rid of the stuff which is like the people management I can't I'm, I'm too much of a people pleaser for that Shelley I just want them all to like me <laughs> there'll be no disciplinaries from me because I just want them all to like me <laughs> things like that um, but I think that that also allows me more time to focus on like what our future plans are going to be so I'm really keen to get into the Fife market Mm -hmm. which is predominantly kind of Dundee, mm -hmm. Hayside, Angus. We've got a really good um, percentage of the market share there, but I'm really keen to get into the Fife market. So that's going to be the, like hopefully the later part of this year where um, looking into opening up an office there and um, yeah, keen, keen to get into the Fife market there as well. I've got clients there, so I'm sure this will spread <laughs> and wide. Yeah. Um, in terms of being a, a high-functioning, successful entrepreneur, it really requires uh, a mindset that's that's open, that's that's creative, that's that that's ready for the next right move. But it also requires some daily rituals, I believe, to keep you healthy, to keep you focused, to keep you on it. What are your daily rituals, if you've got any, um, that you would like to share? What what do you do for you, or don't you? What would you? And if you don't, what would you like to do? Is there something that you would like to have for you? Because personal care and keeping your cup as full as possible is really really important when you're given to so many things and so many people what is it you do for yourself uh, I think the only thing that's like without the people I've got around me like my friends are so so good and the girls I work with are so good like that support network mm -hmm. of people um it is, it's hugely stressful it is hugely hugely stressful I think just the kids part's bloody stressful <laughs> and then the rest of it on top it's hugely stressful so I think having that good team around you when you've got something to be able to bounce off in terms of rituals I'm not gonna lie I have um a black coffee and um a line of chocolate from a line of chocolate glad it was chocolate <laughs> a line of chocolate from a breakfast every morning so um <laughs> so I have I don't know if I'm in any position to be telling somebody about rituals I could definitely do an improving on that um I think so. yeah I know I could um, <laughs> have a coffee do you know what I do as well sometimes it's a horrifying you sometimes when I go to the, the weekly shop I'll look in like the discounted section and if there's a birthday cake that's been reduced I'll buy myself a birthday cake even though it's been nobody's birthday and then I'll have a slice of cake every morning for breakfast <laughs> oh, really, Rosie Fraser I know <laughs> 
she's functioning. She's selling properties on field on cake. But maybe when now I've got this business partner, maybe I'm going to become like my bo- my te- my body's going to become a temple. Well, you're going to need it because you're going to burn out if you're running on cake. But um, I think that's really important. So from me to you, I a piece of advice. I think you need a daily ritual a daily set of rituals that safeguard your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health, and obviously your heart health, everything that's going on in in your world. But in terms of wellness, you have to, you you do. You're 28 now. You're not going to be 28 forever, Rosie, and I see it happening all the time. Perimenopausal ages ages kick in. You don't know what's hit you. You feel like you've been hit by a bulldozer. If you've got adrenal stress, Adrenal burnout, adrenal fatigue, all of these things play a huge, and it's a good 10 years of your life to feel flat and run down and tired in. So I would, if I was you, do the hard work now, start it now. And if you need advice, you know where to come. Do you know what I've started doing? I started doing um, positive affirmations. I think my, my eldest daughter thinks I've completely lost the plot. I make her do them with me in the, in the car on the way to school in the morning. Give us an example. Uh, so they're they're really cringy, but you, you, can, you can, I've got this on my phone. I'll show you the app. It's called... Um, do it by your mind. What do you do in the car? So I put it on. So I put the yeah. app on through the car and yeah. it says things like, today is going to be a great day. Yeah. <laughs> and I... Yeah, I'm going to harness this day and do it like it's, it's a bit wacky, but I do it every morning on the way to school. And my daughter's like, oh, mum, please, no. But it works. You're beautiful. You're worth it. Yeah, you're fabulous. You're going to have the best day ever. And my, my daughter's looking at me in the back like my mum's lost the plot. Brilliant. Uh, Rosie, I think that's us, unless you've got anything else that you want to chat about. No, it's been it's been great chatting. I hope I haven't... Um, overshared to the point where I've made the listeners uncomfortable not at all I think it's all real stuff it's all real stuff that women like to hear about uh, like to know about um my reach Rosie is, is is far and wide and anybody that I connect with my clients trust me that it's going to be something that they'll want to hear so I'm sure that they'll love it and if there's anybody in the local area that needs you I'm sure you'll be getting a phone call yeah well thank you so much for inviting me on I really yeah, up a rather mundane Sunday so brilliant really nice to see you Rosie I will be in touch myself over the coming months and between now and then if there's anything else you need from me then please do give me a shout great well have a lovely week ahead you too Take <laughs> bye 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 Thanks for listening to the What Every Woman Wants podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google and all good podcast apps. Don't forget to leave us a review and we'll catch you next time.